when I was personally going through a hypersexual stage, I would have sex with people and I know I wouldn't enjoy it, but I would just carry on having sex with them multiple times just for the sake of knowing that I actually can have sex today. navigating around the world of sex and sexuality and although we stay educated we by no means are experts in sex and sexuality but we're here to keep ourselves informed while keeping you informed sit back relax and enjoy the joyride so before we even start this episode we need to address something. Something that we're hoping you might not notice. <laughs> um, but before we take out our notes app to explain to you on the social... the fake tears start the, rolling. The fake tears. The, the sympathize with me. Even though <laughs> I was the simple bitch. <laughs> um, we sat down and we obviously we did like very great in-depth knowledge on asexuality and when we were about to begin um so we usually spend some time together before we record um you know the vibes you know the huge um and we were just speaking about it casually and we kind of came to the conclusion that we might actually not be equipped to give you guys a good episode on asexuality because mm. neither of us have experience or know or have identified as asexual bodies. Mm, I think like we did really great research that was from asexual people and asexual organizations but we just felt like we couldn't really speak on the subject matter because we didn't have first-hand knowledge like of it ourselves Mm. or like encountered or engaged with someone who was asexual about the topic because speaking about things like asexuality, it's not just a topic. It is, mm. or or anything like that. It's somebody's actual lived, genuine mm. experience. It's an identity. It's an identity. So discussing an identity and things like that, we would like to, when we have those conversations, have them with people who actually identify as, like if we were speaking about like um, homosexuality, we'd like to have somebody who identifies as homosexual on the show, mm, you know, mm. just to give you the full spectrum of the topic. Because um something like asexuality, like we can do all the research we can about it, but we'll never actually be able to speak our truths. Living something versus reading about something is obviously completely different. Yeah. And I think it's important, especially when we're talking about things that have been shamed in the past or mm. like marginalized yeah to to have a real and truthful conversation about them yeah and i think just knowing that we can't even hit you guys up with the yeah and so my friend said mm, you know like mm. it's, it, it really wasn't going to be a very truth-telling episode so for those of you who were looking forward to hearing about asexuality we really we really are sorry and hopefully if we do decide to come back to this topic we can come back to it with um somebody who can speak on their lived experiences and their truth mm. and share exactly what it means to be asexual in the world with us. Um so yeah. Yeah. We hope you understand. Yeah, we I hope mean, you understand. We're not trying to <laughs> cue like, the cue the notes up. Yeah, yeah, like come on guys. Yeah, I think we gave you a good to... substitute too. We did. No, listen like, the episode we got coming up it's cute it's cute and like i feel like we can both speak on it both yeah. lived experience yeah i mean i relate to it a lot yeah so i feel like it's it's better to speak on things that you know about yeah like i like we 
we this is a very intimate very important episode to i think both of us Mm. um both as people who have struggled with some form of like mental health disorder is it no that's i hate using the word disorder it feels i know it's very psychology it feels very gross yeah but or or have been with people and partnered with people Mm. with mental health disorders so um it really we really hope you enjoy it, but we hope you enjoy every episode. I mean, we don't call it a joy ride. Just really get all, like, damn it! We're not here spilling our guts and like, about the times that we spread our legs. Like, wanna, you know, we're not, we're not pouring we're ourselves kinda, out to you. No, please. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just for, just for people to be bored and yours. Oh, oh. Respect us. Put some respect on our names. They hate it for us. Oh my God, that's our, our first names. PR statement. That's, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of proud of us. I kind of see why there is a notes up now i get yeah, it yeah we get it we get it now we get it so what we want to talk about today is mental health and how it affects your libido or sex drive yes terms. i think that mental health and sexuality like both have a lot of stigma attached to them and so we don't often talk about like the interplay between the two yes definitely and i think that <clears throat> often one can influence the other very greatly and there's this like Mm. a nice relationship between them to speak about yeah and i think like you said like they very rarely coexist together conversation and casual conversation Mm. you know so like it's it's so much easier to to slash shame someone without reason and purpose Mm. as opposed to look into exactly what might be happening and like their internal experiences so like to really like sit and like talk and do the research about it i think it's so important like Mm, mm, as 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 like like people who have gone through and experienced certain things i think a lot of the time like even internally you feel so much shame and you don't understand exactly what the the issue is yeah you think you are just like hypersexual yeah (laughs) (laughs) you're just like busy being a sexual person yeah and i think like hypersexuality is something that is common across a lot of like mental health disorders which yeah. you know the word isn't like i don't like using the word as a human as someone who suffers from mental health issues yeah i don't like using the word disorders but i think it's a helpful way to distinguish like differing issues and needs in terms mm. of mental health yeah um it's a very psychology word yeah um, which I don't like using, but it is important in order to destigmatize and also to just like talk about specific needs and specific experiences of mm. mental health issues. Mm. And I don't, I don't, I personally also, I don't enjoy the word disorder, mm. but I, I don't enjoy it because of literally what it means. Disorder means that something is wrong. Something is, yeah. is it's, 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 it's not the way it's supposed to be. The, the holes aren't on lining up the numbers are skewed i know, you know? it makes it makes it, it feel makes like it feel like you're, you're the, the one problem. that's yes exactly exactly you know and that for me like that i that's why i also don't like to use the word disorder but like the the linguistics of everything make it very hard to use different words and like i said i also think it's because like there's a lot of stigma around mental health issues and i think that because of that the only people who get real ownership over the topic are the experts and not yes. really the people who experience it. So psychology obviously is a, is a scientific social science. And like, yeah. I mean, I don't need to get into my academic bag, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's a specific field in which like people and historically white people have yes. named and listed things as they saw them. Yeah. And as like brown people also think that that's a whole different topic for a whole different yeah. podcast, but so it is worth noting. Yeah. And like how we have like Uktwasa and like, yes. and, and white people have schizophrenia. Yes. Yeah. So like, I, that's why I like to frame these as mental health issues with specific names. Yes. You know, like, um, it's what we were discussing earlier when we were like speaking about <laughs> acrimony. I had to do that. <laughs> I had to do what a, a movie. Also, the conversation that we were having. Uh-huh. Please, child. Okay, so, yeah. 
we were discussing acrimony and we were speaking about the, the mental health disorder the woman um, was diagnosed with or suggested mm-hmm. to have in the movie. And we were like, but like, in real life, uh, yeah. Are those so we literally felt like, okay, cool. Like, I see it, but it doesn't fit. Like, in mm. real life, was mm. it like that mm. too? You know? Mm. I think that's also the, the, something, that's something that also like, really not worries me but like stresses me about like mental health and the way that it's portrayed in like movies and series mm. and especially the way that it's portrayed in terms of sex and relationships yes. like people with mental health are not portrayed as people who have meaningful sex firstly yes and secondly who have like healthy long-lasting long-term <laughs> happy dare i say it <laughs> relationships with other yeah. people like the person with mental health issues is always going through it yeah always going through it it's always a movie it's, it's literally, literally always a movie <laughs> like it's almost like it's it, it, they basically frame for you like you can never experience true love and joy yes while simultaneously existing yes. with this mental disorder like a prime example is girl interrupted and i don't uh, watched that recently but like the relationships, the sex in there, and it's it's going to is actually a good example a of movie. our topic today because like hypersexuality is about reckless or a unusually high sex drive. Yes. So it's like I've and I remember watching Go Interrupt as a kid and being like, I cannot <laughs> believe the amount of carefree crazy dangerous sex that's happening in this movie like, yeah it was very very wild and like that makes sense with the research that we've done because hypersexuality is linked to a lot of um people who suffer from ptsd so post-traumatic yes. stress disorder mm. which especially in people who suffer from ptsd from a sexual trauma in their past yes you know and like when I experienced sexual trauma, mm. one of my first reactions was to be hypersexual. Mm. And I remember at the time thinking, this is very wild because I have so much trauma attached to this act, to, yes. to what I'm doing. And like, it's, it's fueled so much of how I thought about sex for yeah. a long time that I thought my hypersexuality was like just a function of me being sexual yeah then i was like let me cut it off because before it's too this bad this is feeling a bit scary yeah you know? and that's i i i similarly also have an experience like that where um i was sexually um assaulted and um you'll hear me often say like in the in the podcast where i'm like i have this very dark kink it's very mm-hmm. dark kink and um my dark kink is like a power play kink and um it comes from that sexual experience so when i was sexually assaulted um i or somebody who had a lot of power a lot of power over me over people in life in general and um i remember after that i remember feeling extremely small extremely out of control and then i remember afterwards also returning to that exact same person several times after Mm. to re-establish my power and re-establish my dominance over them where I was making sure I was no longer ever in a submissive position with them. Mm. I was always the dominant one in it. Mm. And then when I went back to other people and having sexual experiences with other people, Mm. I find myself wanting to be submissive in Mm. some ways now to make up for the, the almost... It was like a, a balancing act, basically. Mm, but mm. either which way, I just remember also being like extremely overactive in my sexuality yeah. and just running entirely through people mm. and through this type of experience and not wanting to stop because I felt as though if I had, if I stop having these sexual experiences, then I stop having control. Definitely, definitely. Like I. I and I I don't think I don't think I was friends with you during the time that you were going through this. Yes. But you were friends with me at the time that I was going through this. Yeah. And I was like that was my peak 
hoe phase. Like I was mm. hoeing consistently, and it's mm. the same thing that you say. Like for you, it was establishing dominance over the person, mm. and for me, it was establishing dominance over this portion of my life that someone had seemingly See, yeah. disrupted and like and i think that's also the thing especially with mental illness and mm. like libido as well as like sexuality and sexual identification and being a sexual person mm. sometimes when you are in a hypersexual state mm. you are rebelling from this like idea of mm. you as a submissive human being like yes i'm taking control and i'm going out there and i'm looking hot and i'm doing all this with all these yes. people because i can yeah because but, even though i go home and i cry because i'm mm. feeling whatever type of way but whatever type of situation at least i was outside today yeah being the person i wanted to be yeah and like not caring about anyone else yeah it's almost as though um, you, by existing as this person you are in the street, suddenly now there's an erasure of the person who you are at home. Except, like, honestly, non she the copywriter, baby. Come on, what's up? What's up? That's exactly that side degree eventually. <laughs> what's up? <laughs> and like people do say that, like, especially because we, you know, we're talking about in relation to sexual trauma it definitely is a trauma response like yeah you respond by needing control yeah exactly and um the the thing is that also when that control is stripped of you or taken away from you the internal amount of like introspection you have to do by default because now it's no kind word. of like I've, I've now reverted back and like you, it's almost like it's like okay now what like what next because now I need my new fix I need something else to fix it so once that se- hypersexuality or ability to be hypersexual is taken away from you you're looking for almost like the next fix to hide you from your trauma which mm. for me I think was the hardest part because like when I felt like I no longer had control of my hypersexuality or like who I could send when I could see them and I just had like my own internal experiences to deal with I felt very confused and I found myself instead Mm. of reverting back to like hypersexuality I found like a new thing I could do Mm -hmm. that would make me feel almost as good enough but Mm. not but it still it wasn't the same you know because that that ended up find it that's how i find myself in more trouble by default yeah like yeah and that's i think that's also the thing that i mean i went from being super hypersexual at some point in my life to being celibate yeah to being celibate to not like kissing not even romantically talking to people Mm. for a good like year and a half yeah and it was just as painful as being hypersexual. And like, mm. even when I came back from celibacy, I've definitely been like cautious of being hypersexual because yeah. of like that, like the memory of being hypersexual and like what I was trying to drown at the time of yeah. being hypersexual or at the height of my hypersexuality. Mm. Do you ever feel like sometimes? when you do find yourself hypersexual or feel as though you're being hypersexual, do you ever feel like sometimes it's like, okay, cool. What part is me wanting to do this as a person and me just being myself Mm -hmm. and being a sexual being Mm. and what part is hyper, like, am I being hypersexual? Am I just being a hypersexual being? That makes sense. It's just a sexual being, pardon me. I think, I I often have those, like, those internal conversations. Mm. And I don't know if we've ever had them, like, the two of us. Yeah. But I definitely, like, a few months ago, or about a month ago, actually, I had a very awkward sexual experience Mm. with a man. I don't know if you remember that, like, when I called you. Yeah. Um, And for, for me it was kind of, it was very triggering Mm. and triggered like my sexual trauma. Mm. And 
when I was trying to make sense of what had happened or make sense of how I felt about the situation, I definitely had a conversation and I was like, is this you just being a hoe? Is yeah. that how you ended up in the situation? Yeah. Or is it because you're being distractive by yeah. being a hoe? Yeah. And I came to the realization at the time that I was just being a hoe. Yeah. You know, but definitely I have moments where I'm like, you need to look in the mirror and, and check decide. if this is yeah. like, if this is your lifestyle, if this is a moment where you're trying to be self-destructive. Yeah. Because I remember when we spoke on the phone that night, that's similar to what I said as well to you when we were speaking, where I was like, um, like what exactly, like, which one is it? Mm. You know, mm. because mm. it's that, that thing is, it's, it's so hard to navigate through. Like mm. what feels like, natural and what feels normal i mean what's mm. also been taught to you as like okay cool this this is just like this is this is your mental health yeah being yeah triggered. this is mm. this and that while still navigating around other traumas that have built up along the way other traumas that aren't even related that to like sexual even. you know what i mean you like know? now i'm like yeah and and like i guess that's also why it's so important to have the conversation about mental health and sexuality mm. in the same like conversation because yeah. a lot of the time my for instance like my relationship with sex mm. is often influenced by my mental health but yeah. also influences my mental health oh definitely yeah. so like in, per- in periods where you're not having sex I, f- I feel more depressed about the fact that I'm not having sex. Not yeah. because... Because I'm a sexual person. Because yeah, I like to have sex. Human. Exactly. Because you it's know? part of how I experience life. Yes. But we're, we're not having that conversation. We're not talking yeah. about the fact that I'm a hoe. And sometimes I'm hoeing because I'm not okay. Yeah. and I We think- always say that sad dick bangs more. Like, why yeah. are we not saying we why always bangs more? say that? Why are we not always. talking about why, guys? And what people also don't realize is the medication you take as exactly. well highly affects mm. your libido. Definitely. It's not as simple as, a, a, like, it's really easy to think of the concept of whiskey dick. Like we, we, we know whiskey that's, dick exists. That's a normalized, yeah. It is what it is. But no one has ever sat and been like, have you guys heard about antidepressant dick? Like. Nobody wants to talk nobody. about it. Nobody. <laughs> nobody. Nobody. And it's, because it's interesting, like for, for people with, who are living with bipolar, stages where they're manic, Mm. So stages where they are highly productive, but also mm. can be reckless and impulsive. Those moments are categorized by dangerous or hypersexual behavior. Yeah. Because you literally, when you are like ignoring problems, mm. you feel like you're invisible as a person, like in general, yeah. like, I mean, people do drugs and feel this way, guys. Like, so what makes you think that, like, not being okay in a moment or, like, feeling like you're on top of the world is not yeah. going to create this idea that I can fuck anyone I want to fuck. Exactly. Because that's exactly what, like, hypersexual behavior almost boils down to. For me, in my experience, yeah. it's like, let's go, like... Let's do it. Let's um, <laughs> not not like, on the train, but like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like what can't I do? Yes. Know? It's like, it's like, um, now <laughs> I don't know if this happens to other people and, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong. It's like, when you take Ritalin, mm-hmm. I, towards the end, like, or if I'm done with everything I need to do, mm-hmm. like work-wise, mm-hmm. and like, I'm still in this rhythm, I'm still able and active to exist on this Ritalin, mm. the first thing I will do is masturbate before anything else. Can I... T- okay. <laughs> down, y'all. I don't know if you guys were doing something. I got a story to tell. So... <laughs> it's late at night. Of course it is. I've taken my Ritalin for the day. Yes. Done work. Yes. Cooked a whole meal. I, in mm. fact, I've cooked three times. This was yesterday, guys. I cooked <laughs> three times that day. All the meals were beautiful. Mm. 
the work I did. I ate beautiful. one of the meals was actually lovely. I had it today when we came See? over for lunch. Was and that was lunch, good. you know? And my house is clean. <laughs> like, yeah, things are great. You know? I finished, I had a, like, I even saw people. Mm. Good social interaction. Now, I even did work after hours. Yes. I get into bed. I'm like, oh, wait, it started before I got into bed. <laughs> I was doing my little nighttime routine. Mm. Then I was like, mm, actually, let me just watch some porn. Yeah. Just to start off with. Like, mm. just to start mm. off with, I'm interested. I can focus on something. Yes. And that's essentially what I was about to go. Sometimes it's not even about like, okay, there's an itch I need to yes. scratch. It's like, I actually just need to do something. So anything this is, that this requires is focus. <laughs> yes. You know? Went through, found my videos, mm. was masturbating lovely, and then my vibrator ran out of battery. Like, <laughs> Tia, that was, that was sad. But I pushed through. I pushed through. I watched it. I finished. It was mm. great. Then I was watching series, calming down. Like, yes. now I'm like actually calm. Really You're a person again. Did I not get horny again? I was like, Oh Let's go my God! Again. Yes, exactly that. So I completely get what and you're saying. Do you know how you end up getting horny? It's something simple. Where you're like, ha! I just finished masturbating. Oh my God, masturbating! Oh my God! Literally. What was I watching? I was watching that porno. I was watching that porno. Oh my God, that was so great! And then this, 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 that that happened, and now you're back. You're basically you're back from where you started, and things are great. Things are great, and things are alive again. And that's exactly what I'm saying. Because I felt good yesterday. Like, guys, please. When I, sometimes when I be hypersexual, it's actually because I feel good. Yes. Because I'm like, I accomplish so many other things in so many other parts of my life. Yes. When if I'm depressed and stuff, I can't, I don't mm. feel like that's, I'm accomplishing multiple things. Yes. So now let me, let me finish. Yes. Let, let, let me, let me help myself and my mental health. Because also remember masturbation and pleasure helps in general your mental health and your mental things yes so, i don't so, know if, i don't know if this is chaotic to say but sometimes i think being hypersexual <laughs> makes my depression and my like other just dis- other disorders yes issues that i'm facing easier to deal with because yeah. i feel like there's more serotonin in my brain yeah i'm just gonna and say it you know i i i you know this is so it's not on our list of like mental health issues and i don't even know it if you can list as a mental health issue, but sometimes it actually genuinely is. But like, like I spoke about in the previous episode for like a solid month, I struggled from extreme fatigue. Mm. And I remember, and this is so wild. I'm just thinking about it now because you're saying you masturbated again, you carried on. Mm-hmm. Um, While I was struggling with that extreme fatigue, every time I was able to have sex during mm-hmm. that period of fatigue, I literally say to my boyfriend, okay, cool. Like, Cool, cool, cool. Let's go again because we don't know how many, like, you don't know how long <laughs> this is going to last. Like, I have the energy right now. We can't see the we time, can't. baby. Let's just go. Let's just keep going. Like, one, two, three. And mm. I have like five rounds in a night to make up for the fact that I actually don't know if mentally I'll be able to handle sex during the week after this. Like, I get not you. because of, like, I don't, okay, well, to be honest, I don't want to have sex. I'm way too tired. My mind, my body is exhausted. I cannot even think. I can barely remember the day of the week right now, mm. you know? But, like, knowing that, like, okay, cool, right now there's enough in me to push yes. to the end and have the whole sexual experience. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. So, a point where it almost feels like I actually want to just block out foreplay. Like, Let's just and get right crazy. to like, it. Let's just get right to it because I actually don't know when this can happen again. Foreplay, like I told, said in the previous episode, you can do the hand stuff. Like, you yeah. can do the hand stuff because I can at least move I was about to hand. ask like a child what's hand stuff. <laughs> and then I was like, Justine, you definitely know what hand stuff is. <laughs> like, like, what? Okay. Bone basic. Yeah. You know? But outside of that bare bone basic, like, I can't, I, I just sit there and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, if but it's you're also because it's like you, you're right in saying that it's definitely part of like mental health issues because mentally, you're actually, it's not even just about your body being tired. It's mm. like 
mentally i'm too tired to pay attention to the way that you're touching me literally like i'm actually too tired to pay attention like, like it's not even i'm not even trying to i'm not even trying to switch you bro like this is this is what's up right now this is i just i, I need this you to know? like be physical yeah please can this be physical like it's not even about you it's not about what you can do what you can't do like I remember a lot of the time, even when I was personally going through a hypersexual stage, I would have sex with people and I know I wouldn't enjoy it, but mm. I would just carry on having sex with them multiple times just for the sake of knowing that I actually can have sex today. Guys, I just want to say that personally, like, I know her. She's my <laughs> best friend. Like, I know her. I know the period of time she's talking about. And even I'm shook by that little speech she gave. Even I'm not okay for what you just said. <laughs> Live to the nation. Like, I just need you know to what? understand. And sometimes it be like that. It's really sometimes is. It be like that. Sometimes I'm having sex with you to have sex with you. And because it's, you're there. Yeah. You're literally. How long have men been saying that for? Years. Centuries. It's, this, is a fe- this is a feminist podcast. So you better listen. We feel the same way. Like, we it's feel the same way. about you. Like Sometimes it's, it's literally about really I gotta have not. sex tonight and I'm gonna do it. I like the thing is I'm like, yo, dude, like I even remember there was a stage I was like, yo, dude, yes. So I'm like, I don't, I don't even want to look at my list anymore, dog. Cause like some of you guys are genuinely just here for vibes. And that's also the sad thing about hypersexuality. Sometimes you have sex with people and you literally are like, I literally could have done that myself. Yeah. Would have been 10 times better. Could have stayed at home. Yeah. But also at the same time, would we have this podcast if we didn't we engage? Didn't, yeah, yeah, exactly. But <laughs> definitely, we came to tell y'all what to do better. I remember certain people that we both know about. Yes. I would literally walk back from their house and be like, okay, so my problems are still with me. Like, yeah. what do you mean? Like, I had such a good time was doing such reckless things being so chaotic and it was fun i was having fun i was laughing yeah i was laughing i was i was i was getting receipts for people so i could go show them things and be like wow do you know that's never so it. but still my problems are with me and like can i tell you the worst part is that sometimes it feels like you're actually leaving with more problems than you came back <gasps> like there was a there was literally somebody i i had sex with and i remember thinking to myself this doesn't feel like sexual assault. I'm going to use that word. Mm -hmm. I think we need to put a trigger warning in every podcast episode. Yeah. Literally. We apologize, guys. We're just talking about our experiences. But like, so I left there being like, this does not feel like any form of sexual assault. Mm -hmm. But I know it was. Mm. And it's, it's a very weird thing. And like, and I feel like this happened to me several times when I was feeling very, when I was in my hypersexual phase in my mm-hmm. life. I felt like it wasn't sexual assault, but I knew on paper, technically speaking, it was. Mm-hmm. And I had to make that conscientious decision myself to say mm-hmm. that this isn't sexual assault. Mm-hmm. But also because I knew that if I did decide it was sexual assault, then that means that this behavior I've been using as mm-hmm. a means to an end has caused more trauma on top of the trauma that already exists in my life. That's exactly why I went celibate. That's exactly why I went celibate because yeah. I was like, I felt the exact same way. And I was like, I'm not gonna have a hand. Yes. In adding to the list. Yes. I'm not gonna have a hand in adding to the list. You can do what you want to do. Yeah. And I'm conscientiously, conscientiously deciding mm. that this is not going to be my experience. Yeah. But you have the potential to really yeah you have the potential to make the room shake yeah so i closed the whole shop i was like okay yeah. cool we're, we're shut down sorry guys we're good we're Thank good you. we're good we're good we're good goodbye y'all are scary y'all are scary you're scaring the hose i'm yeah. literally the hose please and that's the thing like it's 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 so scary to know that like you yourself and trying to find healing and control in your life have now made it more out of control. Mm. Like mm-hmm. it's it's so crazy and feel it's something that feels so natural and so inherent. 
Like, yes. when you are having like a moment of hypersexuality, when you are in a phase of hypersexuality in your life, there's not a single moment where I felt like this is unnatural. Mm. This isn't how it's supposed mm. to be. I'm doing too much. Mm. And felt right and it felt lingering. And the weird thing is afterwards I'd leave and maybe then I'd have a shadow of doubt. Mm-hmm. But I'd go back to doing things that were like overproductive, like I'd mm. be productive. Mm. So I wouldn't have to deal with the reality of the fact that like this is actually what I was doing. Mm. And I think this is so important because we spoke about it earlier today, what it meant <laughs> for us to be in lockdown and yes. have silence yes. and just have the sound of your own voice yeah. and nothing else mm. and the amount of introspection because I think after lockdown I personally was like I, I don't want to have casual sex anymore because I finally listened to the sound of my own voice Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> firstly I'm not even gonna, I had something to say what do you mean like, you listen to your own voice and you're like, I don't need to have random people listening to I it. was like, oh my God, like, let me actually sit down and think about all of those years of trauma. Sure. And sit and investigate sure. them. And yeah. experience, like, the experiences that yes. led up to them. And I was like, oh, oh. Like, what you did was go celibate. Mm. I was like, I'm not going to go celibate. But I definitely need to find peace sure and make active decisions that are better for me and i know like i'm i'm gonna speak on behalf of your experience a little bit yeah like just from my observation like i think what you also did in that time like i went to an extreme and also like i went i was still a bit for like a year before lockdown happened yeah so by lockdown lockdown times i was used to yeah and I, also I was an isolated human in general. So like mm. I was used to little contact. Yeah. So like in terms of my relationships and stuff like that, wasn't too hectic, yeah. you know, but like, um, what I think you did really well during that stage was focus on yourself and your own mental health yeah. by being quiet in your own space and engage, which is what led you to, the decision not to have casual sex, but like engage in encounters that were casual enough to just focus on yourself. Yeah. And while also getting the physical yeah. attributes of other humans. Yeah, exactly. That I was having sex with people who I felt like I liked or I was learning something from the experience. Yes. And no longer having sex with people for the sake of having sex with them. Sure. Because I felt like I was fulfilling something that I needed to fulfill Mm. or distracting myself or just being attractive. Sure. Yeah. Just actually to like be there with a human being. Just to be I think that's really interesting because like oftentimes we frame hypersexuality as like being reckless. Yes. And I don't think it's always reckless. Sometimes Mm. I think it's just engaging in like more sex or even intimacy than you yes. would usually do yeah so like i i've been hypersexual when i've been with one person yeah and like that experience was definitely because i wanted to be hypersexual but be safe yeah you know what i mean like yeah like especially during like living in a pandemic world mm. you know it was definitely to be like okay cool mm. i'm gonna be a hoe yeah but i'm yo ho you know what i mean yeah and like, i think something we haven't done that i think is really important is to show that de- like define the difference between promiscuity mm. and hypersexuality mm. you know and maybe we can even use our own like life examples as like actual reference to these mm. because like for me when i think promiscuity i think irresponsible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and extremely sometimes unsafe yeah you know and that that to me can sometimes be dangerous but i don't mm-hmm. think it's something we should judge people for because like this it's whole conversation your body. Having, it's your body if you 
feel comfortable with it, that is okay, then that's mm. on you, you mm. know? Mm. That's totally okay. But I also think, like I was saying, like, promiscuity to me has negative connotations, right? It definitely does. So the way I was saying, like, it is okay, it, it definitely is okay but it also shouldn't be affecting other people in their experiences you know i feel like that's what promiscuity does whereas hypersexuality i feel like you definitely are still somewhat safe you're all more conscious you're more Mm, aware mm. sometimes it's not always a negative thing i i think that how i categorize it in my life is like i've been in situations where i'm being promiscuous yeah and the way that i can like the way that I frame it for myself mm. is being a hoe without thinking. Yes. So like when I'm hypersexual, I'm very conscious of the fact that I would like to be a hoe. Yes. That is something that it's almost for me how I think about drinking. Yeah. I don't drink in a consistent manner. I say, okay, well, well I do, but like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? That like, I go through periods where I'm not drinking. Yeah. Conscientiously, despite all of our father Cyril's <laughs> meetings, like I still engage in it on a basis of like my own choosing. Yeah. So hypersexuality for me is, is the same way. Like I'm focused, like I'm not focusing, but I'm choosing to be more sexual and more open to having sex. Yeah. Whereas when I'm promiscuous or when I have previously been promiscuous, it's my focus and my goal Yeah, is to be a hoe. And I often didn't realize that that's what I was doing. Yes. You know, and it's, like, it's, it's unconscious almost being promiscuous. Because, yeah. And I think that's also because of the, inher- like, the dangerous or the more risks that come with promiscuity. With promiscuity. Yeah. And I think, like, for me, In my opinion, also. <laughs> yeah. Like, for me, that is my issue with something that girl interrupted, like, the portrayal of hypersexuality mm. when it comes to mental illness, mm-hmm. is that it's always depicted as promiscuous, mm. you know? Mm. Where sometimes, mm. like, you are, yes, you are doing these things, but it, they make it feel like it's more of an impulse control thing, mm, you know? Mm. And part of that impulse control makes it extremely, like, unsafe, extremely mm, risky. Mm. But, like, sometimes when you are having these, like, impulse control things, like, for me, sometimes you are, like, yes, you are having these, like, extremely sexual fantasies and behaviors, mm-hmm. but you are still, some part of you is still attempting to be safe. Promiscuity, for me, feels like, like you said, you're actively choosing to be a hoe and you actually don't care what happens. But there's no reason for it. There's mm. nothing mm. that's underlying. You're living on the edge. Push you're me just, to the edge. All my you friends have are just decided. That's you. Today's the day. Yeah. You know? And I also, I feel like there's actually been times where I genuinely, and like there have been consequences to times where I've actually been like, okay, cool. Like, you know what? Let's see, Doug. Whatever happens here happens. You know, nothing deep is happening. Nothing mm. heavy is happening. Mm. I'm just, I'm just too lazy right now mm. to care about the fact that like after this, something worse could happen or mm. there could be consequences mm. or anything like that, you know? Whereas like in times where I felt hypersexual, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do this as well. Like I'm mm. going to do, you know, mm. it's two completely different experiences of what, of like, an impulse or a lack of impulse Mm. you know and i think the way that i interpret sort of the science behind the term hypersexuality is to say that i think it's obviously for certain like mental health issues and and like disorders the experience is different i do want to say that like this is our experience yeah and like nonche and i are on different spectrums or different parts of the spectrum of mental health issues. Yeah. And sometimes even for me, the line between promiscuity and hypersexuality is blurred. Yeah. Because I think sometimes my own internal impulse and danger meter mm. is off. Yes. <laughs> That's the best way I can yeah. say it. Like it's yeah. off. So I think that 
psychologists use hypersexuality to explain promiscuous behaviors. Yes. So like, and I can, I can think even in periods of hypersexuality where there were instances mm. of promiscuity. Yes. Instances where it's like, whoa, like I didn't actually, where, where you not become conscious, but you become aware and you're like, yeah, how did I get you? Wait, what, how is this a situation I found myself in? Yes. And that's okay. Also, that's yeah. totally fine and totally we're not trying to judge promiscuity yes or even like different different experiences of hypersexuality yeah like i think this is so funny because i saw somebody the other day and they were like only people who have twitter will say something like and the sky is blue but i'm not denying the fact that it is possible that the sky can change yeah. color yeah. to be gray yeah, 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 and that's yeah, yeah. the joke we're doing yeah. right now because yeah. i'm like okay listen guys yes it can exist without it and um, you're like but yes but don't forget it can definitely exist with it yeah and i think it's very funny because i think what justine's saying is very true both of us are on extremely different ends of the, the mental health spectrum mm, mm. you know and having like and i think that's why like when we spoke we spoke very specifically about which disorders have like what mm, time and like mm. when we were discussing this episode like it's really important to know that like different sexual behaviors and patterns also exist depending on like what type of actual like mental health issue you yeah. might be experiencing at the mm. time you know mm. and like it's, it's so crazy to me because it's kind of like fuck dude like there's never any right way to say anything when we like honestly you know, but because, i think it's because we're, we're trying to be like inclusive and like i think yeah. it's, it's especially like I've said multiple times on this episode, these are not two things that are often spoken about together yes. and spoken about openly and yeah. honestly. Like we speak about both of these things, myself included, mm. even though we have this podcast, sometimes like in hushed tones, sometimes yeah. when things are overwhelming mm. in terms of sexuality or my mental health, um, I only speak up when it's bubbling over. Yeah. And so it's important to like, since we're trying to destigmatize, let's yeah. include as many voices like, and as many options go. as possible. Like, I actually feel like we should have, like, we should have had like a, like an intro to this. Hi, my name is, and I struggle yes. from, and like, yes. this time yes. I was actually talking about this experience. Yeah. Exactly the mental health disorder I was yes. going through. And like, cause like, like you're saying, like, I, I agree with you entirely when you say like sometimes they actually do coexist because I've had moments in my life where they've coexisted, you know. Mm. But then it's like, like you said, it's like, okay, what was I doing at that time and like this time? Yeah, it's time. exactly. Because like, like when I had the depression, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm like hypersexual. Like she don't hear what the fuck happens to me exactly. right now. Exactly. But whereas when I had like the eating disorder, I was like, yeah, I'm hypersexual. But like right now, like exactly. whatever happens, and like, that's, exactly what safe, you know? that's exactly what I wanted to. That's exactly what I wanted to speak about. Like people with eating disorders are also being hypersexual for control, yeah, for control in the reasons. same way that you are eating or not eating for control, control purposes exactly because like when i was like when i went through the the eating disorder thing and i was hypersexual i was like okay cool like i'm going to actually never cross this boundary anyway. exactly and it was See? great i was like this See? this is the one thing i'm not doing with anyone yeah and i yeah. was like okay cool uh now people are gonna be like oh so like last week when you said you weren't giving head <laughs> <laughs> oh my I god that, I, I actually our whole lives i feel like we should have actually given people a disclaimer like after last week's episode this oh my word guys in the beginning <laughs> um i if you didn't listen to this podcast series in order um, i'm sure a lot of you have realized or have noticed this like several things wrong with my voice several. um so I might be fluctuating at times. I might be screechy at times. So after last week's episode, many of you know, I left last week's episode being like, and I've decided I'm going to start giving head. Cool. Mm, mm. I went out into my life. I gave head the entire weekend. The entire weekend. By day two of the weekend, I deep throated a lot. <laughs> I deep throated to a point. I love that you're being specific. Oh, Thank you so much. Like, no, because I need them to understand what happens when you open your mind up to new experiences. <laughs> Just be wary, you know? Just be wary. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to deep throw, I'm going to deep throw. I even, I, I even gave head to my boyfriend while he was driving. 
So I was there. I was doing it all the time. I was great. You I were was living back, on the baby. Edge. Yeah, cool. You know, I was 21 again. Mm. Anyway, I got a throat and a lung infection. So peace out, A-Town. <laughs> you know what it is. Guys, when she told me this, I literally was like, <laughs> so giving head is clearly not for you. No, like, it's not for everyone. It's I mean, it doesn't make me sick. I don't know. Like, it's... There's a lot, yeah. And I literally said to him, I was like, this is all you, like... This is his fault. It's your fault. And you know, in that same episode, you were talking about how men are trash and, like, defund, defund, defund men. Defund men. <laughs> and I then, can't and then, and then you are like, I'm actually going to be a nice person to another, a man. And now... So still still defund men. He took care of me the whole weekend. We were there. We we I I I I didn't move a finger. I didn't do shit. But like Because he knew it was his fault. It was his fault. Because he knew it was his fault. So yeah, it's really nice to give head, but when it keeps hitting the back of your throat and you're like, no, let me do it for my man. Okay, so then so then I think you know what you should try. This is my this is my opinion. You know, if I go too far, like I like I spoke about this last week, I do catch vomit. Yeah, that's not what I was gonna uh, say. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Instead of raining it back, she wanted to take it further, guys. You see. <laughs> Honestly, I'm saying rain it back, so don't deep throat. No, if I'm not Maybe- gonna, if I'm not, no, 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 if I'm not gonna do the whole thing, why am I there? You know, you know me. I'm a Virgo. If I'm not gonna, if I'm not going to do it perfectly, why am I there? Okay, but is what you're going through right now worth it? No. So, so it's either I don't give head, or or I just I get another threat infection next week. What's up? You know what? I'm actually not gonna give advice. I've decided <laughs> that it's not my place. <laughs> I've decided that it's not my place. <laughs> I'm not keen on telling you what to do the next week dealing with a sick friend again. Yeah. So do what you need to do. Just tell me um how that th- how that w- that's working out for you. Because giving head works out really well for me. So like, you know, shout out to you guys. And you know what the worst part is? I, I I wish I could be like, this is an isolated incident. This has never happened to me before. But I've, I, this happened to me multiple times before. Yeah, I maintain that your body doesn't think that this is a good idea. My body is rejecting giving head. Like, I like to think this is... It's, Better work it's on your hand job. Maybe that's... Do you know that's what you I, do. I once dated somebody who never took a lot of effort to get to the bottom, you know? And I think my body got lazy mm. as a result of the fact that it never had to work hard. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Just because I'm so curious now. When you say it never took, it was never hard to get to the bottom, what do you mean? It was never hard to get down to the bottom of the shaft because so it wasn't very far down. Okay. Like, I'm like, just what? wondering why on our sex and sexuality <laughs> podcast you're not saying that someone's appendage was no, the right that's fit. That's not fair. That's not fair. I would have just said it was, it was the right fit. The, we don't know who oh, the person is. No, maybe it was the right fit because, like, clearly after my body was like, what? We could, we don't have to go all the what? There's an alternative option here. Mm-hmm. And I think after that, my body was like, no way, bro. We're not coming back to this system anymore. I'm not coming back to the system. Like, no, 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 no. We're done. We're done. We know there's comfort. <laughs> we know there's comfort Your body knows peace. That's the issue. Oh, my body knows peace, bro. That's, that's, that's the that's issue. That's like, what? Do you want us to open up the bottom of your throat so you can... Now you can't even explore and, and expand your horizons. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't prioritize your partner's pleasure. Nope. It's all about me, baby. You're dead. I love you so much, baby. Do it like it's my B day. <laughs> baby. baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. But I think definitely 
giving head for me also just to bring it back to our topic to at hand giving head has been like a form of control and a form of mm. like also asserting my own sexual ability yeah. while i've been like hypersexual that's why i'm a big fan of giving head because yeah. it makes me feel like okay cool i'm in control yeah of my hoism right now yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? it gives you that little that little touch of toxicity you're right. <laughs> You're right. When, when I'm like hypersexual, I'm, I'm in my toxic, in inverted commas, please, bag. Yes. I'm not trying to be toxic. Do you toxic know what I mean? Bag. But I, toxic tea <laughs> bag. I'm into it. I'm into it. Into it. Yeah, definitely in my toxic tea bag, making chaotic decisions, living my best life. Um, I get that. I get that. I understand it for you. Like, I feel like, um, small things like that, you know, like it's like always choosing the, the safer end of the spectrum. Mm. It's like, mm. yeah, I know, ba- baby. I know that like, squeeze your body. Like, I know, baby. I know. Mm. I know you want more. I mm. know, but let me just appease you with this. It's yeah. okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. let's give you this instead, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's, that second option, you know, like it's, it's always better. It makes you feel better because also like there's a part of you that knows like I chose this less than exciting option because the actual exciting option like it could have been a lot worse. True. That's like, hella worse. So, 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 so true. So what have you learned from speaking about mental health and hypersexuality? Um... Yes, it's something I've journaled about a lot. Um, and I think I've spoken about it. I don't know. I think we've spoken about it before. Mm, mm. Uh, and I speak about it as well with my other best friend who I know she's not listening to this podcast because <laughs> they're not allowed Western media where she is. <laughs> so, <laughs> Down with uh, lol. But um, so yeah, like I've spoken about it before, but like, you know, it's always very um I think something like this is very vulnerable to come and speak mm. to like people about, you know, but like being a participant and like simultaneously listening to our conversation, like it's actually really made me like, if anything, like I've learned just how natural and how normal this is. Not that I mm. already know, but like with research and with like knowledge, I know it exists outside of like our friendship group too. Like, yeah, it's not just, it makes me kind of feel bad for all the times when like, I might've such shamed somebody as like a, a very naive, not mm. understanding person, you know? Um, and it, 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 it's okay. Well, I apologize to those people that I slut shamed while drunk in my mind, making jokes that were extremely, um, becoming of me but uh, <laughs> so uncouth so uncouth um but um yeah like i for me now realize um and i hope that this conversation that we have can help somebody else who might have experienced the shit that we experienced because mm. like I can't imagine what it must be like to experience that stuff without like the friendships that we mm. had that allowed us the space and the open and understanding and like just very okay cool we can talk about this but let's talk about like what the root of the issue is mm. conversations that we would have about the type of sexual experiences that we were having at mm. the time you know I think that's you know, launch like obviously we have this podcast together and we speak about it a lot. And we speak about sex. Um, but like launch is one of my best friends. And like like she said, yeah. she speaks about it a lot with her other best friend. I do too. Mm. And I think I struggle sometimes on a daily basis, sometimes on a weekly basis, with my mental health and also have struggled with it in relation to sex and relationships and you know engagements with people who i'm having sex with yeah um and i think hypersexuality in my life i haven't consciously like taken all of these things in and definitely from 
this conversation, from the research you've done, and from a lot of the recent conversations we've done since doing the research and since like since the retrograde actually (laughs) (laughs) since the Gatorade happened um I've kind of realized that we're not alone yeah and I think that's the most important thing to realize when your mental health and your sexuality and being a hoe are all in a like party bus together you know when they're in a party bus and they're playing loud ass music and you're just in the back like, okay, yeah. cool, I'm on this ride with yeah. like, Clearly just know that we're waiting for you wherever you're going. Where sometimes it just feels like, you know, when you guys are like, when you're like out, right? Mm. And you're like, no, 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 this is my last drink. And then somehow you find yourself drunk and you're like, fuck, how did I get you? Honestly. That's literally what it feels like sometimes. Where it's like, fuck, how did I get you, dude? Like honestly literally and you're just watching yourself spiral and you're like damn bitch dude and i think sometimes in like now that i think about the times that we've been out and i've been in my hypersexual phase i can see that i'm like recording what i'm doing so that i can tell someone so that i can be like ayo like what i do a lot like i yeah. i'm like you'll never believe the conversation i just had <laughs> I don't know if it's me or the people I was talking to, but the sexual tension between me and -and so-and-so, I was just like... It's wild. Yeah. This is... Yeah. Wild. Since you be have a sexuality, Justine. Quite wild. I know the last time we told you what episode was next, we lied. But hear us out, this time we're on the money. Tune in to next week's episode on hypersexuality and mental health. Because sometimes your mind and your body just aren't about it. This is a Dairy Media Production.